0: Welcome back to Incremental, the continuous improvement podcast. This is our practice edition where we discuss improvements we made during the week, tie them back to lean principles um, with the goal of kind of showing the process and not just the end result of a shiny, very clean um, (laughs) shop. And you're confused about how they got there. So hopefully we will end up with very clean, organized lean shops uh-huh. and people know how we got there that
1: and that is the hope
0: yeah. hopefully come come Actually, along for the ride and that was a side effect of the hope <laughs> yeah i think just all the videos you see on the internet you're yeah. like how, how, is, how is that real <laughs> somehow yeah anyway um got a quote for us
1: yes i am fond of thinking of a problem over and over <laughs> from Taichi ono and this just made me laugh because yeah I just feel like this is just like me at two in the morning looping (laughs) on some shop issue that I can't stop thinking of. I don't think that's what he's talking about, but
0: this is what popped into my head when I read the quote. I mean, that's funny. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think it is sort of just a dogged pursuit of something and then rethinking it from a new angle and a new angle and continuing instead of just kind of doing the thing that is the first thing you think of even if yeah. that works um yeah so i'm re-listening to this book um by taishiano the toyota production system sort of the uh what is it like the er book the er um, on the toyota <laughs> production system it's uh, sort of the guy who came up with a lot yeah, of it's the like stuff the original so published
1: to, document right yeah
0: so not to say it's like the most useful or the best but it is they By him Yeah um, So it's interesting to hear how they came about um, h- How it all came about What the process was for implementing it um, And this just Yeah kind of made me laugh Because You'd kind of have to have this <laughs> outlook uh, To re-examine a lot of the stuff They did re-examine Yeah um, Yeah and I think the big one was sort of Push versus pull I mean there's a lot of big ones sure. I don't know but <laughs> the whole thing like when they started i think a lot of it was kind of like how do we supply all these parts in the quantity needed instead of thinking about like uh, you know mass manufacturing as it was traditionally done at the time yeah i'm kind of curious i don't know where we would find this information but kind of curious
1: about the it seems like there was a movement happening in japan as a whole
0: during this time I think the movement was economic collapse. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Beyond that. Uh, like
1: there was a movement in production, Uh right. In, in, in manufacturing, I should say. Interesting. That spurred, you know, there was a moment where the U S was really concerned about Japan being an economic rival. Right. And Mm. like, because they were manufactured and still they're an economic powerhouse still. Yeah. Um, but because they were so good at manufacturing and they were doing making so much stuff so well and so cheap, yeah, comparatively, um, so I feel like there was a lot going on, not just Toyota, hmm. and like toyota is a is a a pillar and a like what's the word just a a great example, yeah, but then like when you read. Shigeo Shingo's books he's like talking about working at Mitsubishi Heavy Industries and right. working at a you know a dishwasher company and yeah. you know whatever the case may be and so I kind of I'd be it'd be fun at some point to find some if there is such a historian who knows yeah. sort of like more of the general history of Toyota of uh, Japanese manufacturing and kind of like how Toyota fits into that picture as a whole right because it seems like they were like pushing a lot of these concepts but there was a lot of people involved on the periphery and in other companies. I don't know. It's just something I'm very curious about.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. Um, I know like from Shijio Shingo, um, like the concept of quality circles was a big thing that was common in Japan and they Uh were getting near zero defects shipped. Yeah. And in the U.S. There was a bit of consternation about like how they were doing it and then trying to bring in bring quality circles into the US which was Kind of like a group huddle every time there's a defect Uh-huh And then how do you eliminate that defect from happening again? Yeah Instead of kind of like this like quantitative Um What percentage reject does this process have and you just kind of write that into your costs and yeah. it's all okay instead saying like it's not okay what's causing that right and getting to the bottom of it yeah that's interesting i hadn't thought of that um getting into some improvements Mm -hmm. our big one was we built some stairs (laughs) um kind of time consuming it was sort of a funny one and i don't know how to think about this but We've been accessing a certain part of our shop when needed with a ladder, uh-huh. which is just non-ideal for a number of reasons, safety being one of them. Yeah. Um, and so there is sort of, we, we could have built the stairs immediately upon finishing this area uh-huh. that we knew we were going to access, um, but we didn't. And now we've spent organizationally, we've spent the time to make this improvement. Yep. But just way delayed. So it's not like we were twiddling our thumbs between then and now, (laughs) but staring at your ladder, contemplating. Yeah, it's just funny. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know how we've talked about this. Like, how do you balance moving forward and growing a business and doing like versus refining a business? Because Uh often, like, Toyota will tell you there's a never ending source of problems and of things to solve. Yeah. And refinements to make. But refining, I mean, I feel like we've fallen into this trap a bit personally, uh, where we've refined and refined this one product we make. Yeah. And so we, ha- I mean, we just started releasing new products, but, you know, we had essentially one product line for two and a half years. And part of that was keeping up with demand and part of that was improving the process to get more reliable quality and all this other stuff. Yep. That game is not over, as you'll hear in the rest of my improvements. <laughs> um, and so, But then organizationally, you spend the time eventually to get this other really big gain in efficiency and safety and whatever you want to...
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think it it's like a budgeting thing. Right. It's like, you could also say, I need all of these different pieces of equipment to do what I want to do effectively. Right. But you actually only have so much money in the bank. Mm. So you do what you can when you can. And sometimes it's piecemeal and same. You only have so much time in the bank. And so you do what you can. And sometimes it's piecemeal. Yeah. Like you probably, like you were talking about trying to, you know, keep up with production. You probably like just hard stop. Didn't have time to build the loft and the stairs and keep up with production when you did it right i think
0: that's correct i think (laughs) it's not a very satisfying answer but well it's not satisfying but also i think i don't know i think it lets you off the hook a little bit i'm not saying incorrectly Uh but i wonder if the mental math is correct in making those decisions in the moment Uh because we've you know we've gone up and down that ladder quite a few times right and so i think it's easy to be like okay we need to get back to production i don't know it feels a little bit like increasing your batch size is always going to look like a good idea and you need to sort of have this like overarching view of like this is not a good idea Uh in fact you should do the opposite like i think i think yes and you are right there is only so much time in the day yeah and so you need to plan what which things need to happen when and some things just can't even though it would be great if they did i have a lot of things on that list
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think the middle ground is if you had built that and used a ladder and then never built a set of stairs sorry sorry that's not the middle ground you struck the middle ground which was to use a ladder until it it was clear that you needed to use stairs. Right. Whereas if you were to just use the ladder in perpetuity, that would be definitely bad. Right. And yeah, what are the gains? What are the losses from having used that ladder for the last five months, four months? I'm sure they are calculable, but right. And then I'm sure that like strictly being counting, it would have been better over that time horizon to have built, The stairs immediately but also like maybe you would have actually maybe it wouldn't have been strictly better bean counting if you you know calculated
0: in your loss in revenue from not doing production for yeah i mean there were a lot of things involved like we had to rebuild our shipping area we had to like there was a lot of there were a lot of other projects that had to happen before we could clear the space for that um yeah just interesting uh, yeah. There's the all of the cascading effects like you're talking about. Yeah, and if Which, you make too many changes, it's very yeah. disruptive. And if you make
1: yeah, and if you follow some of the like improvement kata principles, it's like don't change too many things at once. So by that logic, this the See, ladder we're talking. The latter was now definitely the right option because
0: <laughs> <laughs> you need to be able to test, make sure the loft is good before you go all in. <laughs> i mean there is some truth to that in terms of like i see this a lot with prototyping and product development where people i've talked about this but people treat a prototype as a basically a rev one instead of as like a which piece of this has the most risk let's de-risk it yeah like there are often times where if you build something part way as you're building it you come up with a much better plan of how you're going to do the other parts yeah Right, because like once you're standing in the space, you're like, "Oh, we can totally fit a staircase here." Yeah. Or, and if you plan it all ahead of time and just do it as one big push, you lose the ability to optimize. Yeah. So, I have
1: often mused that like it seems to be a universal thing that like uh, I'd see it a lot in construction projects where like say you're going to start putting up siding, you like start right at the front door because that's where people think about starting because it's where you enter a house. That's funny. And it's like, that's where you're going to make all your mistakes. Like start on the back. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it's like such a classic thing that we do. That's funny. It's like starting on the focal point, starting on the difficult mm. part, something like that. Where recently I've just been like, like yesterday, we were doing electrical work in the new shop and Corum was going to start pulling wire. And I was like, okay, well, even though we're talking a lot about, like the big three-phase circuits for the machines like go pull those 120 volt outlets first so you understand the system before we like right chop all the expensive wire too short that's smart yeah and i think it's about hard that. to remember for it's yeah. weird that it's hard to remember though like
0: well so um in starting lean a big recommendation that i think makes a lot of sense but is not sexy is like where should i start with kanban like, go Kanban your cleaning supplies. Like, yeah. go Kanban your non-essential business function items Yeah, so you can sort of learn the ropes without disrupting production. And I think the second people are like, okay, we're going lean, and I include myself in this, uh-huh. you start on the things that you're dealing with every day that are, like, super critical. You're like, we're yeah. doing Kanban. <laughs> so, Which, like,
1: <clears throat> is understandable because those are where you're going to ha- see the most effect. But yeah, it is, could be a negative effect, but it could <laughs> be a problem. negative effect. Yeah. yeah. And it's it is. Yeah When it I important to learn on not. Yeah. Yeah. De-risk the process
0: when I um I welded a cargo bike frame uh I I started welding at the back for exactly that reason because welding thin wall tubing is a little tricky Yeah, and I didn't have a ton of experience and so all the weld. if you look at the welds they get progressively better <laughs> from back to front um, <laughs> nice. Anyway, so
1: um, we didn't do any improvements this week. <laughs> just, just prepping to
0: move a shop. Yeah.
1: We we're down a person pretty um, much all week. Cause, oh, yeah. cause he was working on the new shop. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So just keeping up, just keeping up. Cool. Well, just, just, just barely keeping up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that means you have work. So that's good. We have. Yeah. It's um, all coming together. Nice. Well, I'm excited to hear once you get in the new space, yeah. as I mentioned one week, we'll have more, uh, Insight into ripe right for improvement, big <laughs> space, small space, uh huh, pros and cons. Yeah, I'm sure there will be both, but a lot of learning, which will be fun. Um, so as I'm hinted at, uh, we I, I spent a total of probably about 10 or 12 hours redoing how the one inch cam buckle cam gets machined. Yeah. We are currently trying to release products. There are a lot of other projects. The current method or previous method, um, those jaws have probably been running for mm, a year and a half, Uh making many thousands of parts in aluminum. Um, They just wore out. And so I could have fixed them but instead I decided to redo how they were done. I did the same change to our three quarter cams a little while ago, probably six months ago, and it improves how they're clamped. And so we were getting this very vexing problem where the OP2 clamping was closing the hole, was crushing oh, the yeah. hole a little bit, and you only f- you could find that, but often it only showed up when you finally pressed the pin in. Yeah, And so it was kind of this big quality issue that was terrible because it only showed itself in final assembly yeah and so you get a lot of waste there um anyway so i think there's a few things here one is like i think i didn't mentally uh expect it to take so long yeah but looking back i don't think
1: it's totally foreseeable
0: hundred percent like if someone came to me and they're like hey can you redo our tooling for our part i'd be like yeah here's how much it's gonna cost because yeah. it's <laughs> gonna be a lot of work <laughs> right but somehow for myself i just sort of add it to this list and then yeah anyway so i don't know if it's a bad thing just a thing um but uh pretty cool improvement it, it eliminates this one pretty serious defect um it should imp- improve the life of the jaws. I also took the opportunity to do a lot of other improvements, uh, sort of testing new methods for machining the teeth uh-huh. more efficiently. Did it also, cut cycle time notably? Um, we're gonna find out today. Oh, so cool. I ran one part, but I, you know, it's yeah. not great data. Yeah, um, so we're gonna run like forty or eighty and see what that amounts to. Um, uh, using taller inserts for holding the op one block, which again should reduce the number of roughing mills we break, so just making a more reliable process. Um, The rougher would sometimes pull the part out of the old inserts, especially if there were burrs. So I think this will solve that problem, I'm hoping. Um, And then the other thing I did, which is interesting, is I, against your advice, uh, biased (laughs) the part off center. Uh One cool thing about that is the face of one of the jaws is completely flat and right, and clamps on the cosmetic face of our part. Uh-huh. And so if there's sometimes like if a berg if, if a chip gets in there, it will get embossed into the face and then it'll yeah. start marring the part slightly. So we have in the past sort of buffed out soft jaws and like debird stuff or you know, just yeah. sort of fix a a small blemish. This is one completely flat face so we can like take precision stones to it easily. Oh It's kind of nifty. I'm not sure this is very useful learning because like the number of parts where you can do that Is low but I would say something I learned is maybe thinking about making Clamping faces as accessible as possible in a funny way Like if they're proud of the rest of the face instead of like this deep pocket. Yeah I don't know. It's not super generalizable. Yeah, there's the question of whether it's faster just to make a new set. Yes. Yeah, I've been thinking about integrating all of the programs for machining them into the program set that we keep on the machine Uh or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe we should just keep them on the computer and then you just shuttle them across as needed. But like, really treating it as a process that needs to be... It's a package deal. It's a package deal that you know runs. Yeah. Um I finally did that on the soft jaws a little while ago. Yep. I think I the mentioned blanks. on the podcast. Soft jaw blanks. Yeah. So um between needing one and having a set of two was probably about twenty five minutes. Uh huh. Whereas previously it would be like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um so that was huge. Also just reducing inertia. Yeah. Um so that was nice um, and then I th- I mentioned last episode but manual pass through um, so there were a bunch of hand edits I was doing to the code um, I've been doing a lot of these I forget if I mentioned this last week but writing templates in different software of like even little phrases I use a lot uh-huh. like whenever a customer reach out, reaches out I like to say you know hey thanks for reaching out and then get into whatever yeah so I kept typing that over and over and over in all these different <laughs> platforms, and and in a lot of platforms you can create shortcuts. Oh, where like you'll type a word and it will recommend this whatever you want, and that can yeah. be five paragraphs, which is I think how most of us think about. Uh huh. Um, about using templates yeah. instead of just like, wow, I use this phrase a lot. Why don't I? Yeah. Build it. Um, Sam showed me a cool app. I'm forgetting the name of it. I think it was like Lazy Board. Huh. And you can make, you know how on your phone, on the keyboard, you can click a button to like see the emojis, or if you type in a couple languages, you can click to see different keyboards. Uh-huh. So this adds a keyboard and you can do all sorts of things in there. So you huh. can add phrases, you can add like whole template emails wow. I mean, or anything else, you know, just like, that's cool. Yeah. So you just showed it to me yesterday. I haven't downloaded it, but I kind of want to mess around with it. Yeah. Um, interesting. That
1: actually reminded me, did last week on the pod, had I run that back boring routine yet or was I just about to,
0: I think we were just talking about the relative merits of programming it or not. Interesting. So I
1: guess there was one little improvement,
0: um, which was another post
1: edit was getting NC passed through to work properly on my post with HSM works. It wasn't, it wasn't posting properly. Um, but, and we got that thing running and it works. That's awesome. I only broke one. (laughs) Why did it break? Um, because I, why did it break? I had a height variable set incorrectly and then I had it offset at the bottom of the hole prior to starting the spindle. Okay. So like if the spindle had been started, it probably would have been fine. Okay. It would have offset into this wall and it would have, cut yeah instead it offset and just rammed and <laughs> c- broke engage ramming speed yeah, yeah. okay uh, overall that has been a very cool process it is still slightly error prone mm. which is why i mentioned i think last episode um about the custom drilling cycle option because right now i'm manually entering coordinates gotcha that i'm like measuring out of cad so that oh, is oh yeah that is there's there's room for error and I caught one error without breaking a tool. Um, but right now it's like handing this off to someone else to proof the part. I'm like, uh, not quite like most, most parts these days I program and hand off and someone else proofs them. Yeah. That's st- still a scenario where I'm like, I don't trust this hundred percent.
0: Interesting. Um, I don't know if this would be useful, but I wonder if you could do a drilling cycle an existing simple drilling cycle uh-huh. at every point, and then just replace that block of code with like it would give you your coordinates. That so was my
1: first. That was my original okay. plan. Not. Um, useful, maybe it just or... seemed like more hand editing, whereas this gotcha. is zero hand editing. It is. Oh
0: no, no, I think yeah, getting to a place where it's a canned cycle would be amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, even now it's 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 hand editing
0: once. Got it in
1: the NC pass through versus hand editing every time I post code.
0: Oh, got it. Oh, I see. So you're just using, yeah, that makes sense. You yeah. just create it. Interesting.
1: But it's still a manual creation, not pulled directly from right. CAD data.
0: Yeah. I feel like it would be pretty fun and exciting. Maybe my next piece of reading will just be the uh, API for the post processor. Cuz Fusion has a pretty good one apparently. And I'm sh- it it probably just goes through all the things you can access
1: which yeah and they have a good document on editing as well oh yeah yeah, interesting I read portions of it like Mm. in distress (laughs) in distress (laughs) we've all been
0: there um very cool I think that's kind of it um yeah what you didn't improve more things I know are you even into lean bro (laughs) Do you even lean, bro? (laughs) That'd be a good t-shirt. It could be. The trouble still stands with the word lean, Uh, where everyone who's reading it will think it's something about body weight, uh I think. Do you even A3, bro? (laughs) All right, well... (laughs) thanks all for listening you can find me at austere underscore manufacturing on instagram and mfg.com on the internet
1: you can find me at lichen underscore mfg on instagram lichenprecision.com on the internet the pods at incremental ci on instagram and we have a patreon go check it out patronize us lurk lurk away yeah <laughs> we'll talk to you next week
0: all right